is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, so I get to continue this amazing discussion with Ellie Shepley Montgomery, love, intimacy, relationship, sex coach. And Ellie, I know as we were talking on the previous episode, we had doors opening for like 10 other topics, but you said you got a hit to talk about pleasure. And I'm glad you said that because in the last episode, you you started to talk about following pleasure. And I want to share with everyone that when you said that, I still... It's not as much now, but it's like a trigger for me, just the word pleasure, because we start thinking, ooh, masturbation, ooh, dirty, oh, bad. Like a lot of us are programmed to believe this crap that's not even true. So talk to us about how do you help women, we talked about desire before, but embrace, embody, discover, attract, and live pleasure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say, I just want to really reflect that you are not alone in the like recoiling, you know, response to pleasure. And over the last year, we've been talking about pleasure a lot with lots of different women. And the thing that I've just really gotten is how much baggage, you know, people carry about that around this. And I did too. And, you know, I wasn't raised in with any kind of religious, you know, dogma, like, really sex positive, you know, empowered mom and who would talk to me about, you know, things. And, but I still grew up really ashamed of my sexuality and not even wanting to be like a sexy woman or be look in any way. Like I was thinking or concerned with sex, you know, on any level And, you know, that's the culture we live in. It's like sex is everywhere and no one's talking about it. And I mean, don't even get me started on like pornography and just there's Mm. just so kind of so, so much around it. So I just want to say that, that if anyone listening or you or whatever is like has charge around this topic or feels shame around it or like disconnected from it, you're so not alone and it's so normal. And I think it can be a really overwhelming topic. And it certainly was for me. And so I'll just share like actually what got me into this work. I I forgot to say this in the last episode and I often say this. So it's weird. I forgot. I could not orgasm. That's what got me into this work. And I thought that something was wrong with me. I thought I was broken. Um, I used a vibrator. I'm just going to be really real. And I felt shame about that. 
And it felt like all my friends didn't have an issue with this and that I was the only one. And I was really suffering around it. And I, like I said, I wanted to be in a relationship and I just thought that I was broken, that it would never work. I didn't want to have to talk about this with a partner. Like I just wanted everything to, I just wanted this to go away. And so that is what actually stirred me onto this path and had me go, okay, I need to look deeper. I need to kind of do some work around this. So I discovered a woman named Mama Gina, who I highly recommend if anyone wants to dive more into this topic, getting her book. I'm going to say the word. It might, might trigger some people, but I'm going to say it. It's called Pussy, A Reclamation. Her name's Mama Gina or Regina Thomashauer. And the, the thesis of that book is that we barely even have a word to talk about that area. Our flower. Yeah. <laughs> a flower. Our gina. Uh, people call it all kinds yeah, gina, all kinds of things people call it, right? That some people were literally raised without a word for it. And so if we can't name it, we can't really own the power that is available through really building a relationship with that part of our body. And so I went to a conference in New York that she put on. And that is what started my whole journey. And I read her books. And I really saw how this was a part of my life that I had just shoved into the basement. (laughs) You know, I was like, I'm going to focus on business. I'm going to focus on my friendships. I'm going to even focus on, you know, my great family relationships. Affirmations. Oh yeah. Manifestations. (laughs) All the things, but. Don't talk about the winkus. Yeah. (laughs) That's what what we called it. Can I just tell her that I'm outing myself. My my male listeners are like, Jill, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. My mom called it Winkus. It was our, it was my Winkus. Oh my God. Adorable. And with my kids, I was a nurse and I was going to, and so I said vagina with my kids. I found out later it's actually the vulva, but it's actually, I I called it the vagina and then they called it Gina. Yes. That was same, same with us. And Mama Gina says there's a whole generation that decided they were going to be really, you know, more, more open and call it a vagina. (laughs) When you said earlier, if you can't name it, I was going to say you can't claim it. Because when you talked in the last episode about your husband and you said, I had to claim him. And then you said, if you can't name it, and I was thinking, it's the same thing, right? If you can't name it, you can't claim it. And, and, and I, I've always promised to be extremely transparent. There's a difference between being transparent and oversharing, right? But on this podcast, I, which I struggle with, but on this podcast, (laughs) I talk about, um, I, I really have promised the listeners, I will be open, vulnerable, authentic, and I will be transparent, even if I don't look good. And I want to give permission to every single listener to really be with this, what Ellie is talking about. It's okay if you're triggered. It's okay if it feels strange or if you're recoiling, as she said. And hear what she said. You know, it's not wasn't just her. Most women, this is very uncomfortable for us. And I, so think of how much older I am than Ellie. So I'm 49, and I am just ready to really dive into this topic my, uh, we hired a, a marriage coach and he asked me if I had a self pleasure practice. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I know I don't, and I don't need one. I'm busy. CRB. 
<laughs> and so <laughs> you're, you're right. And I, I'm older than him. Oh, and he's like, Jill, it's Stefanos. So let's just, let's dig into this, the whole pleasure topic. Yeah. Well, here's what I want to say. It took me probably three years of doing the vulnerability work, like looking at myself, owning what I want, you know, all these things before I really dove into a self-pleasure practice. For me, it was actually the last... And I was doing like partnered, you know, tantric practices with my husband. To me, I on it, some women don't struggle with this. I'm like, for me, having a self-pleasure practice was the most vulnerable, confronting thing I've yeah. ever done in my life. I'm not even kidding. And can, you know, in some ways continues to be like, it's gotten a lot easier from doing it, you know, over and over. And still, you know, it brings up emotions. It can be really uncomfortable. And this is what I want to say. <laughs> What I've come to now, and this is what a distinction that I got that helped me with it, because we hear self-pleasure practice and you might think like, oh, it's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to feel good, like self-pleasure, like that's supposed to feel good. And in my experience, the point of it actually isn't for it to feel good per se. Mm. The point of it is to build a relationship with that part of ourselves. So some days when I self-pleasure. And I, I'm happy to share about what that looks like and what that means to me. I have emotions come up. It's really uncomfortable. I have resistance. It doesn't feel good. And some days it's absolutely blissful and incredible. And it's kind of like meditation. That's how I approach it, where meditation is another thing that's been really challenging for me. Mm -hmm. And it's actually only been since COVID when I'm like, okay, what excuse do I have? (laughs) I'm like just home with myself. Like if I'm not going to meditate, you know, now, then I'm actually never going to, Um, you know, is also really confronting, really challenging. There are days when I'm just like crawling out of my skin. Um, And showing up for it, even when I don't want to, and even when it's uncomfortable, is what has allowed my practice to deepen and actually over time allowed me to build this deeper connection with myself and able ability to lean in to connection with myself. Mm-hmm even when I want to run away or I don't want to do something, I don't want to do it. And that has served me in all areas. And I'll just share, like for me, it just started with taking the goal off the table, right? Because I think that's another big message that women get is like, there has to be an orgasm, right? There, that there's a goal that we have to, you have to have an orgasm, that that's the point of sex or of self-pleasure. And so completely taking that off the table. And I actually started with a practice called orgasmic meditation that I would do with my husband. And the whole point of that practice is just to feel. You do it with a 15-minute timer. It's a partnered practice where the whole point is just to feel. No goal, right? Taking the goal of climax or orgasm or anything needing to happen off the table. And so allowing, and there's a timer, right? It's 15 minutes. And I do that too with when I self-pleasure, you know, I set a timer. So it's like, okay, for this time, 
I'm going to be with myself and see what comes up. I'm going to touch myself. I'm going to explore. And there is no goal. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I am slowing down and just feeling and thawing. Because honestly, for months when I started this, I didn't feel much. And continuing to show up for it is what allowed me to, I call it thawing right? Allowed me to start to thaw, start to, for for me, a lot of emotion came up, a lot of sadness, grief, like that part of our body, it holds so much. And so just being willing to lean in and do it. And I mean, this is why I lead programs for women. We do have some guidance around self-pleasure because I think it can be intimidating, right? To just start that from nothing if you've never done it. And it's, you know, it can be, it can be intimidating. So we, we build that into our work because for me, I needed some guidance. Okay. So interestingly enough, two points I want to make. One, it's very similar to the last episode when you were talking about meeting your husband and deciding you were like taking it off the table. He's not going to be the husband. And this is exactly what you're saying here. There's no goal. It doesn't have to be that. It allows you to fall into that feminine energy, but also speaking for myself and just guessing I think a lot of us are so uncomfortable. There are people listening now going, I cannot believe they're talking about this. But we can't even talk about any kind of pleasure, like just having alone time in the bathroom without toddlers busting in. Like we can't have talk about pleasure, you know, just going for a cup of tea by ourselves or a cup of coffee or taking a long walk. Like that's taboo for so many of us women because we're so forcing and forcing and doing and giving, giving, giving and abandoning ourselves. So when you talk about this, I think that's why it's so triggering because I'm like, I haven't even taken a bite of the ice cream, right? And you're talking about like adding five more scoops plus hot fudge, whipped cream, sprinkles, and eight cherries. And you're like, here, eat this. And I'm like, whoa, I haven't even, you know. So for me, that's why I think it can be uncomfortable. So, But I'm so glad that you are discussing this because, I mean, this is why we're here. You know, this is what we're doing. On in this community for BU Collective, we are about we use the word excavation. You used that word. The true real us. If we cannot even find our heart and our own desire, and we're we're birthing children and raising children and we're in committed relationships and we can't say the word vagina and we can't say self-pleasure, there's a problem. And I I'm owning up to it. I'm there. So go ahead. Well, I love everything that you just said. And here's what I want to say, because I think that there's some ways that just wires have been crossed, right? Where we think that the overgiving is how we serve. We think that that's how you be the good mom and the good daughter, the good parent, right? I really thought that, like, I, you know, we, you, you had mentioned good girl syndrome. And when I growing up, like I only did things that my parents approved of. Like I only did things that would have people respond positively to me. And then, you know, I was in my late 20s and so resentful and jealous of people who followed their desires. And my sister like always just did what she wanted to do. Like she went to the college she wanted to, she would like do. And I would look at it and be like, how can she do that? Like, why does she get to do that? And I don't. And I now look at it and I'm like, she just chose to do that. Like she did, she made her own path and her own desires just as important, if not more so than pleasing someone else. And the truth is that what I've discovered 
because it was really hard for me to make that shift. Like when I tell you that saying no to people and saying no to people that I was working with who were asking me to do things or, you know, telling someone that I couldn't do something that I had said yes to when I realized that it really was, I wasn't able to do it from a truly generous place. Like if I was going to do it, I was going to be resentful. Saying no and that I couldn't do that felt like I was physically harming them. Yes. That's how codependent I am. And, you know, I'm like recovering from that, but I still have that in me. And I really thought that I was doing the right thing. And through this work, what I've discovered is that not only was I not doing the right thing, I was injecting harmful energy into that relationship. When I was giving from a resentful place, I am when I'm doing that, I'm helping no one. And I'm actually withholding my true self, my, but I'm not, not setting a good example. I'm not being in my power, like all these things that I just now see it so differently. It's like, I took glasses off, right? I had like these, this filter on how I saw the world and I've taken those glasses off and I just see things so differently. And now when I say no or set a boundary or say yes, when I'm a yes, you know, cause so I can really show up. I'm like, that is, that is a gift that I give to people. And I have seen how the people in my life have grown. I was enabling people to, to stay where they were. I was caretaking and enabling. And what, as I've stopped doing that, so many people around me have grown into, you know, the greater version of themselves. Yeah. So how could you have pleasure? You couldn't have. Right. So it's like, by doing, by resetting, by taking off those glasses and, and fundamentally shifting how I see the world and then how I show up in the world, it's actually allowed me to make space for pleasure because I now see that by me prioritizing my desires, my pleasure, my practices, that's how I'm going to make a difference in the world. Like that's essential. That, that's my form of activism. Hmm. That's one, you know, one of the way, one of the main ways that I practice activism is like actually <laughs> showing up in the way that I wish that other people would, you know, the way that I wish the world would be. And so absolutely, like, I think so many of us don't have room for, ple- would have room for pleasure, right? If we weren't people pleasing, caretaking, putting everyone above ourselves, being the martyr. You're right. Which makes all pleasure that's mine wrong. It's bad. It's wrong. Right. Not only do I not have time, it's bad and wrong. So how in the hell is anyone going to go masturbate? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, really, because it's not just the conditioning of like sex is bad. I'm, I'm connecting the dots as you're speaking. It's not just, you know, societal and religious programming. Sex is bad. Masturbation is evil. It's not just that because that's a whole no. thing. But it's the whole thing of anything for me is bad. Yeah. Anything yeah. for me at all is bad. And so then you put those two together and you wonder why we're almost 50 years old and we can't even talk, you know, say the word vulva without giggling. (laughs) Totally, totally. And, you know, what I say to women is I'm like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be black or white. It's not like one day you just drop all your responsibilities and you're just like in the bathtub all day, you know, pleasuring yourself. It's like what all the men are picturing right now. They're like, oh, I'm really, really, I'm all about this. It's like baby steps, right? Baby steps. Like what is one thing that someone you could do to 
make your make yourself more of a priority. And you know, one thing, one homework piece that I love to give to women, and if you're listening and you want to take this on, go for it. But it's like having a date with yourself, even if it's just 15 minutes or 30 minutes, or I mean, an hour would be phenomenal, but whatever you have and like really doing what something for yourself, whether it, whatever you want it to be, but it's, it can't be, you know, zoning out, like watching TV or or something like that. It's got to be some way that you're being with yourself, whether it's drawing yourself a hot bath and, you know, having some of your favorite snacks, you know, with you. And I love to give women the practice of dancing for themselves in the mirror. Really powerful. Well, we've been talking about mirror work and that's taking it to a whole new level. Right. Totally. I know. And it can be edgy. I, I get that. And just practicing being with yourself to start, you know, in some small ways and, and actually getting new experience, right? Cause I think we can talk about these things, but once you experience it and you, you feel it in your body and you see how you show up differently, it, it's like, then you can't deny it. You know, then you're like, all right, like I see how, like I was exhausted and I just did this and I have more energy and I'm more present and I feel better to be around. And then it becomes, for me, you know, it allowed me to make it more of a priority because I actually saw like, oh, this is, this is not selfish. It is, you know, it is taking care of myself, but it's not selfish. This is one, this is clearly one of the most generous things I could do for the people in my life because it has such a profound shift in how I show up. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, raising your vibration and I mean, all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's so foreign to so many of us. And I know you've got to run to get on one of your calls, but I know some people are like hanging on the edge of their seat, like, wait, wait, but wait. So if they want to learn more from you and, and what you and Amy are offering and podcast coming up, all of that, share that. But this specific topic on pleasure, self-pleasure practice, all of that, if they want to learn more about that, where would they go? We do a five-day pleasure challenge. Our next one is in is in March. And Perfect. we we talk about a lot of things. We talk about doing less so you can have more. We talk about, we do some sensual movement, which might sound intimidating, but it's kind of a good precursor for a self-pleasure practice. Um, so yeah, so would love to have anyone who feels called to join that. Our next one starts March 8th and you can just go to thepleasurechallenge.com and use the code pleasure to join for free for any guests of this podcast. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And then um, it's a five-day challenge. And then, like I said, I mean, Mama Gina's books are amazing. That's a really great place to start if you're like, what the heck is she talking about with, you know, the P word and, you know, (laughs) all of this and self-pleasure. And she gives a beautiful history of kind of what's happened in our culture. And she talks about different she has this incredible quote about how women's like disconnections from their body and their sex and their pleasure is what has world leaders like um, Sheryl Sandberg, who wrote Lean In, say, you know, I feel like a fraud. Women who have achieved a lot in the world, but still don't feel good enough about themselves because no amount of outside achievement and accolades can fill that hole, mm-hmm. right? It's 
once we get like what, honestly, I just want to share this. When I self-pleasure and I experience what my body is capable of, that to me is self-love in action. I'm like, I am so in awe of my female body and what it is capable of. It's like, I can't put myself down. Why would I? I'm like, I'm a goddess, <laughs> you know? It, and yes. it comes from the body. Like, I couldn't convince myself of that. It's so much faster in my experience. It's like a shortcut to self-love. It's like, honestly, build a relationship with your pussy. She will feed you for life. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, it's like such an untapped well. And we're so scared of it. But like, if I were to share a message today, it's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's only so much to gain from this beautiful part of us that it just is like a, a well of pleasure and sensation and incredible uh, power. And it's right there for each of us. It's literally inside of us. And it sounds might sound weird and woo-woo or whatever, but I'm like, it's like, I want to like grab women by the shoulders and be like, honestly, like, do you know, like what is inside of you that you have access to at any point? And if you feel called at all, because some women are like, this just doesn't, it's not an interest, right? It's like they are focused on other things and they don't care. And I'm like, that's great. You know, rock on. Like, I didn't care either until I did care. And, but it's like, if you're feeling called, just take, take a step, you know, do something like read pussy, like come do the pleasure challenge, like follow some women online who are talking about this stuff and just lean in a little bit, you know, because there's a reason that you're feeling called to this. There's something there for you if it's if it's speaking to you and it's calling to you. And for me, it, it's like it took some time of of reading things and showing up for it. And before I was at all ready to like even start exploring my body. So it can be slow and that's okay. And I invite you to do something. And I'll add that... Um... You know, for those of you who are hearing this, and it, and, and it actually like feels icky, feels weird. A, you may never get there, and that's okay, as she said. And B, you might. However, don't forget that that is where our power is, but that's also where a lot of our pain is and a lot of our trauma. And so, for me, with my background that I've been transparent about on this podcast. I know that I've avoided this and it's the last stop because there's so much pain that lives there that I am, I've not visited yet. And I told my, our marriage coach the other day, I am certain that this is the corner of the room with the cobwebs and the, and it's where all of the demons live that I've been avoiding my whole life, that I've been running from. And I know that's where it's where all the magic and miracles live too. I'm certain. So if you have pain and trauma in your background, the work Ellie and Amy are doing isn't just about, oh, let's, you know, have orgasms. Let's feel great. I know, I know you realize after listening to her that that's not what it is. But my point is they're also helping women heal, not that physical part of yourself just in and of itself, but heal your soul because the pain is trapped there. The trauma and the pain and the nightmares and the, you know, everything that, that has happened to so many of us when we were little or, or as women, it's stored and trapped in that part of our body. And I know that when we go there, as scary as it is, there's going to be this beautiful healing 
And then on the other side of that, you get to decide how that looks. But I love that you're doing that work, Ellie. I'm so, so glad that you brought that up. And um, yeah, one of my teachers says you can't selectively numb. And so what that means is that when you unlock that, right, it like just gives you access to, to so much. And I really get that, you know, yeah, absolutely. So many women have trauma and negative experiences and fear and a lot of reasons that you would keep that locked down. And so that's why I so that's why I'm just like the slow <laughs> journey like you know this it it yeah like I really I really get it and I'm really glad that you brought that up and yeah I mean the work that we do is not all light. It's a lot about darkness. You know, it's a lot about darkness and like getting right and and looking at what are these parts of ourselves that we have shamed or pushed aside or not wanted to look at. But the thing is that these things tend to be a lot scarier in the shadows than when we actually take them out and look at them. Right. And that that's why so much like I was I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, basically my job is like helping women release shame. Because Right. It's like I was talking to a client once. I'm like, it's like you have a Santa's sleigh of like the shame, you know, behind you. But then when you actually take it like one by one, wait, I love this metaphor because it's like you take the gifts out, right? And you look at them. And and I get that it can be a leap to like when you're starting this journey to think of it like a gift. And I'm not implying that like all the trauma and things is a gift, but it's like when you actually start looking at it. It, it definitely might be painful initially. And from working with women, what I've seen is that our shame only lives in the shadows. And when you start bringing out and seeing like that you're not alone and that so many people have gone through similar things and that you're not broken, right? And that you're, I'm not saying you, I'm saying like, you know, some of the things that can, can come up around shame and trauma, it can just be incredibly healing. And that's why we do this work in community, honestly. Like why we why we do this in community is because there's so much healing available when women come together to connect about what's really going on. Yeah. If, and, and there are many women who never experienced what I've experienced. There's never been, they've never been molested. They've never been raped. And think about it. Periods hurt. Labor hurts like hell. Women lose their virginity and it's painful and it's awful. And then they get married, you know, if they're in a heterosexual relationship, they get married and they have intercourse with the man. And and sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's okay, but it doesn't really matter because I don't really matter that much. Anyway, sometimes it hurts and I pretend it doesn't. Like that is where most people are living. Let's just be real. That is where most women are living and they're happily ever after. And as you and I have been talking, I can feel a shift in me. I'm like, you know, I think we're going to talk more about this on the podcast. I think we're going to open up more. And I, because I said, I'm ready to dive into this part of my growth. And I know as I'm writing my memoir, I, I know why I haven't written it yet. I'm certain. I told my marriage coach, I said, I know it's because I have healing to do in this part of my body. And once that happens, I know I'm going to be unlocked. I'm positive. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to reflect, Jill, you are already doing this work. Just the fact that you can talk about so openly and vulnerably and beautifully your experience and that you're working. I mean, you've been working with these coaches and you're working with this couples coach. Like that's all the work. 
back. And as you continue on this path, my guess is you, of course, it's going to come into the podcast because you will not be able to not talk about it. Right. Like that's what you already are, right? You did our you did one of our weekends and you're like, come on the podcast and talk about this. And I mean, to me, it's just you can't talk about being yourself without talking about sexuality. Amen. That's what so many people in our culture are trying to do. And it's like this is such a a core part of us, whether we like it or not. It affects every part of our life. And as women heal around this and do learn to speak up for what they want and say, hey, that hurts. Could you move a little to the left? Which I know how hard that is to say, mm-hmm. right? That, that 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 took me a long time to just learn how to ask for what I wanted and needed during the act. And um, you know, as as we learn to do that and speak up in around this area, which it, it's the hardest in my experience, everything else gets easier. It's like, then you can ask for a raise. You can, (laughs) you can leave your business that doesn't feel aligned anymore. Like you can do things that previously would have been impossible because this is such a core part of us. And when you come into alignment here, it affects everything. Well, I'm going to say a to the men for that. This was so (laughs) beautiful. So inspiring, so much fun, super powerful. Um, I'm very, very proud of this episode. So thank you for giving, giving, giving two episodes in a row with Ellie Shepley Montgomery. So we will link everything up in the show notes so that you can find her. Make sure you do the pleasure challenge in March. I will be doing that. And go read that book. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the book myself too. I started and then I got a little uncomfortable and I put it away. So it's so normal. I I just want to say when I started this work, it took me about a year. It was like on my radar, and it took me it took me about a year to 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 really like be like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So just to normalize it, you know, because I think there's some there's like this shame around like oh I should have already done this or I should know this or I should. And it's like, no, like how beautiful if anyone does the, any form of this kind of work, even listens to like the introduction of pussy at any point in their life, that's going to be, you know, that that's huge. And then I really want to thank you for having me on today. And I just love what you're doing and the different topics that you're talking about and what you are bringing to women. It's so incredible in the community that you're creating. And I have just loved watching it and you watching you be so lit up about what you're doing. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I appreciate that very much. Okay, until next time. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear, so let me know in a DM on Instagram at jillhermanbu. Be sure to subscribe to the BU Podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.